Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. week of Friday, March 15, 2013. And this is the Relevant Podcast. It is the most special day of the calendar year. March 15th. <laughs> it is. My birthday. There you go. Happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Happy, happy birthday. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. It's a service that has a library of over 100,000 audiobooks. You can sign up for their Audible Listener program, which gives you credits each month for a low monthly fee. And if you go right now, relevant podcast listeners get a free trial of the service as well as a free audiobook. All you have to do is go to audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Thanks for their sponsorship. Well, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, here with me in our Orlando studios, the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. To her left, interim podcast <laughs> managing editor. I think it's been more than four weeks. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. The, intern, the interim label <laughs> goes until a permanent decision is made. Until you feel like yeah. it. Until there's white smoke coming out of the relevant <laughs> studio. Yeah, that's how long the intern... Um, intern. Yeah. You're not an intern. <laughs> you're not an intern. You're interim. We I'm on the right. An, an I'm on the right intern. That'd be good. He's an unpaid podcast. I don't know member. if I would call it good. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Hi everybody. Just your intern podcast member. <laughs> Over there on the ones and twos, the our illustrious producer Chad Michael Snavely. Well, hello, friends. And uh, you know, if you listen to last week's show, you know Jesse is not joining us today mm. because he had a baby. He had a yeah. baby. Well, his Papa Carey. His wife did. Uh, his the baby's name is Lil Harry Carey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he true. took that suggestion from the yeah. podcast. The baby's name podcast. should have been yeah. Lil Harry Carey. Uh, they decided to go with Noah Kyle Carey. Mm-hmm. A it's very okay. nice name. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's safe. Okay. Uh, but very very happy for them. He's taking the week off, you know, to hold it in things. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand. We sent Jesse one of those earpiece headphone like Britney Spears mics. Oh, oh, right. He can hold the baby in podcast. Yeah. Man, right. he's lazy. What is he actually? Right. Do we are we sure there's a baby? Babies just sleep. <laughs> we have a great show for you today even though Jesse's not with us. Right. Uh, John Foreman from Switchfoot and more recently Fiction Family mm-hmm. is joining us later. And we also talked to Kay Warren. Uh, Rick Warren's wife. I, I realize I have to say Rick Warren's wife because I always say Sandra McCracken is Derek Webb's wife. So wow. if they're a famous couple, I have to attribute it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Kay Warren, uh, she's talking to us about her new AIDS initiative. Yeah, it's really cool stuff she's doing. So stay tuned for that. Uh, my voice is shot, if it you can't sure tell. Is. Yeah, tell yeah. me tell me uh, why. Why is your voice shot? Were you yelling Wrong. at the staff yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Were you screaming we, at oncoming traffic? We uh, Could be. It's my birthday week. And so, uh, you know, the birthday celebration in the Strang household is a nine month, <laughs> nine months of planning. So about it nine months is ago, for we, him, not for me. About nine months ago, we were looking at the upcoming NBA schedule and noticed that uh, ye old LA Lakers were coming to play uh, the good guys, the Orlando Magic, <laughs> the week of my birthday. Mm. 
So we decided to up the ante, mm-hmm. knowing that it was Dwight Howard's first return after he cowardly stabbed us in the back mm-hmm. and left. Um, uh, we, 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 we thought this would be a memorable evening. Let's up the ante. Let's get some floor seats. One way or the other. <laughs> yeah. It's memorable. So so for my birthday present, we got uh, second row seats around the court. And uh, uh, that was last night. The game was last yeah. night. Sure and, was. Uh, yeah. Give us a little recap. Uh, well, I knew that it was going to be a good evening when during warm-ups, he's standing right next to me and... Um, and I start screaming at him that he sucks. And he, turned, <laughs> and, and, and he turned right around. I'm as close to him as you are. Yeah. Right to me you right now. very close. And, and I'm screaming. Imagine if I'm screaming at you no. that, that you suck. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather not. Yeah. So imagine I'm standing, you're standing, you turn and around I'm just red face screaming at you that you suck. Now, again, the game has not started. It's 20 minutes before tip-off. Everybody's fairly calm and filing into the arena. Mm-hmm. And I'm just letting you have it. That set the tone. Uh, did you have like a prepared list of things? <laughs> no. Did you I, write down or did I you tried. want to go in the moment? No, I tried. Okay. So I literally, I mean, knowing that this was a game I'd probably remember for a lot of years, if not the rest of my life, depending on how much Diet Coke I drink. Um, <laughs> it affects your memory. I don't know. So I've heard the aspartame. Yeah, yeah, it affects your memory. It's a killer. So, it's so a killer. I assume that for the next six months, I'll remember this game. So I wanted to prepare. <laughs> I wanted to prepare. So I got out the night before the game. I did a little mm. light reading. I dug in my I dug in my library and I remember that I had this old book from 1967 called 2000 More Insults <laughs> from 1967. 1967. Yeah, they were bad. It was like the Ballyhoo's and the Haberdashers and like it was like what? Who that's what are these insults? I don't even They were pretty bad. I was reading them to Maya and it was like I thought they would be just like so bad they were funny. No, they were so bad. They were confusing. They were. We we're like, what does very that complicated mean? and very specific. <laughs> Which is kind of the best kind of yeah. insult. Yeah. What are because you, like a two, faithful husband? Yeah, because like two days later, you're like, oh, that really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. Some, so, <laughs> so you I, play like a so, segregationalist. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that direct. <laughs> it was like it was so bizarre. I should have brought some in. Um, so I so that was that was a flop. so it kicked off. So I had nothing. I was I was going to do something I've never done in ten or twelve years of going to Magic games. I was going to write stuff down on my phone and have them ready. Wow. I almost made a sign. Did you really? That would have been that, that. I was would have been memorable. I was at Joanne's uh, craft store and I texted Cameron. And I was like, "Should I make?" Because a, sign? a few days ago. Kobe Bryant. Yes. I was going to go above uh, all the hey, Howard we, we, stuff. Yeah, we yeah. have no problem. Actually, I have no problem with Kobe Bryant. I respect no, him as a yeah, player. He's, he's like, I, he's the well, sort of guy that I, I wish basketball. he was on my team. I mean, you know, he's like sure. one of those guys. He, he did have a pretty big. He's no nonsense. He's 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 the opposite of Dwight Howard. I mean, mm. like in every possible way, which is why I thought oil and water they aren't going to work well together. You know, frankly, but uh, like five days ago after a game, um, Kobe was asked like something about the moment like are you scared or is it you know is it whatever and he's like the only thing that what are you talking about the only thing that's scary is bees he's like I don't get you know whatever does <laughs> so that. I wanted to make a so big my- <laughs> bee that said Kobe's oh, that's oh, good yeah, okay that oh, would have been that would have been like, on ESPN nobody else no because nobody remembers that quote number one that but was Friday night ESPN does and, Swartz people would and, and number two fans would. nobody in the arena they'd be like 
Yeah. Is, that for Kobe? is that an insult from 1967? <laughs> <laughs> so she's texting me for Joanne's. I'm like, no, we're not sign people. We're not going to do signs. <laughs> so really I was trying to talk to. about We're yelling signs. and screaming Ooh. people, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was this, proud of the Orlando fans a, and the signs they brought. This is though. a verbal insult. Yeah, I saw a few on always Sports has Center been. last night. There's a lot of people who manipulated their old Howard jerseys to say coward. That was good. Yeah. That okay. was good. Right, That's yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah, a classic. Uh, there's a lot of you know people like there's a shot of him like whining during the game you know they blew up the head the whining they put tears on it with a pacifier in his mouth yeah. I like the one with like the physical baby body with his oh, head he was, on he it. was really uh, close he was right us. behind us yeah. Really oh really funny. yeah, yeah. And so I was you know because you're down you on the court you're down on the court and like you know I turn around and people are holding up their signs. It's pregame, you know. The, and I'm kind of like, you know, they're looking at me. I'm looking at them. I'm giving them affirmation. Yeah. I'm like, good job. Yeah, like a little, head, a little head nod. Yeah, yeah. I respect yeah. me too. Yeah. And then you see him at halftime back in the in the lounge area, and you're like, you're like, you give that like knowing, <laughs> hey, you're the sign guy. Hey, yeah. you're the loud guy. All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's proud of our. I was I closer had a, than brothers. I had a Lakers fan on my left, a Lakers fan on my right. No, wow. I, was, I was right next to you. Well, I, I, on our right. On your oh, okay. editorial right. Two, two is one. So we were surrounded with <laughs> Lakers fans, and I just, I didn't care. I was just going to, I was just going to. I was, I was sitting, I literally had my hand over my head like this <laughs> when they, when they were warming up because they're so close to us and he was really loud. Like I even, the, I started live tweeting and I even used hashtags. I love your, I, I followed your hashtags last Thank night. You. To, be, to be honest with you, I was, I was helping my wife with the project and every two minutes she was like, why are you on your phone? I'm like, I got to see what my tweeted. <laughs> Um, but I kind of expected that you would wear a full disguise to yeah. the game, like the sunglasses, like a hat with a mullet, <laughs> a little like fake sticking mustache. out of it. Yeah, yeah. mustache, like Jackie O. Yeah. So, so right at the beginning, you know, still warm ups. The right at the arch of the three point line, uh, we're on the Lakers side, by the way. We're across from their bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the trainer was stretching Dwight out, like literally right in front of us, me to you. Okay, three feet. Okay. <laughs> and the trainer, you know, to stretch Dwight out is Dwight standing, he's hunched over, and he's like pushing on him and pulling on him and different things. And I'm just screaming instructions at the trainer, uh, to, uh, warnings to not touch his back oh, because nice. it's so tender and doughy uh-huh. like his emotions. And, 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 like, and like just reaming him. And like, again, it's dead quiet. And the There's, trainer starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> just making it. I'm just Leave making him alone. Just, <laughs> Hey. Yep. They moved to the other side of the court and finished their stretching. I knew then this was going to be a good night. I did not expect us to win. We beat them in L.A. You know, you play twice, once mm-hmm. there, once here. We beat them in L.A. That was unexpected. It was a good moment for us as mm-hmm. fans. They beat us in Orlando. I just kind of wish we could have swapped that, you know, yeah. so we both, yeah, both fan sure. bases had the... The taste of victory. The but people around us liked it. They told me it. you were a great catch. Some of the guys. Oh, said. nice! Oh, yeah. there was a couple catch. Magic fans, a few seats down. Like right. they, I, I earned their respect. Yeah. There was like these young guys, and then they were trying to tell you things to say. Yeah, yeah. People were texting me. People were texting me stuff to yell. So I was, I was just, I was a conduit. I was a vessel yeah. for all of Orlando's frustrations you last were, night. We were open sourcing insults to Dwight Howard <laughs> via Cameron. <laughs> So people were texting me all game. So I was just letting I was letting Dwight have it. And, and that's the thing is you have to just be in the moment. The best heckling is is a reaction, a, a quick witted reaction to what's happening right in a split second where they hear it and the crowd hears mm-hmm. it. You know, so you can't you can't prepare. Now, at what point did CBS snap the photo of you? <laughs> yeah, walk that, us through that. That process. was my. So wait, let, let me just say, Cameron, pretty down after this I was game. Ticked. He's really mad. Even though he knew we were I mean, lost, he still just. He you don't handle. want it to happen. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, come on, this is for your birthday. This was, this was still a great time. Was he was just just crabby. Yeah. I was like, great. 
and then the picture. Well, happened. no, then, then my phone. I got I got a, a Facebook alert that somebody commented on a photo of me, and I was like, "What?" And I looked, and CBS Sports on their CBS Sports Facebook page posted a, a huge photo of the game, and it said they put a caption in the photo. It said, "Welcome back, Dwight." Like question, question, mark. Mark. question mark. And the photo was of Dwight Howard standing right in front of me, everybody else sitting down, me standing up and just <laughs> reaming him. Yeah. And the look on his face is just great. And I'm just veins popping, I guess. And you're and you're 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 standing in a way to yeah. where you're holding like tell us I, the story. You, you look you look, look about like seventy man. or so. Right, right. yeah. yeah. This is what people kept commenting on. So I'm hunched I'm kinda hunched forward with my hands on my lower back, like a like a get off my lawn sort of a yeah. stance, right? right? Which, which people which, on the podcast which right. the hoodman would right, do. Right. right. So it was in keeping with your character. Hey, it was what was what I was actually saying, because I remember that moment, what I was actually saying, that was visual smack. He got fouled. We fouled him. Okay. And it wasn't that hard of a foul. So he was walking after he got fouled. He was walking over toward in front of us to then, you know, loop back and go mm-hmm. shoot his free throws. And it wasn't hard enough, mm-hmm. I felt. So I was screaming. <laughs> I felt. I was screaming to our team and then to him. I clutched my back and I was screaming, hit him in the back. It's soft like his emotions. I just brought it back. I just brought it back. It was a good moment. His back is tender like his emotions. And I was clutching my back. So when he looked at me, I was like, ah, yeah. you know, clutching yeah. my back and like writhing <laughs> like he would. And so like he looked at me and I'm like, ah, clutch his back. You know? and, and that's the moment that CBS took this Immortalized photo. forever. You guys laugh because you were to not there. On the phone. <laughs> Maya was very Yeah, I couldn't see yeah, I, yeah, 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 I, I looked for Maya. You, you were not me. there. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I remember yeah. right as right as you walked, because you had to leave early <laughs> from the office yesterday to get there on time. And right as you left, Chad sent me a direct message <laughs> that said, I won't be surprised if he is arrested tonight. <laughs> and then we, were, we didn't know what we were going to do. And, and hearing we, the story now, I'm really surprised that you yeah. weren't arrested. Yeah. I, uh, the, the Scotty B, Scotty B, the MC of the yeah. magic came over and kind of pat us on the back. That's and, great. And, uh, like I, they bringing you hot tea and water, like throughout several the people, magic officials and stuff like that. were like, kind of like, Unofficially, kind of like, hey, yeah. keep it up, thanks. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and hey, there was a lot of talk on on the internet and sports people and stuff like that last night saying the Orlando fans mm-hmm. represented playoff playoff atmosphere. <laughs> that, oh, that, that guy atmosphere near the court, he sure brought it. Easily a playoff <laughs> atmosphere. Easily, we're we're proud of you. I, Tyler and I are proud. Oh, yeah. We're oh, yeah. proud of you. Yeah, we're, we we're proud that you made it in today. We're proud that this podcast proud. is happening today. Dude, I got up. My voice was shot. It sounds like you went, you, you struck that balance. It's a really hard balance to strike of of doing arrest-worthy things without getting arrested, mm-hmm. yeah. which, which is commendable. Yeah, not many and people so, straddle that line Something we well. should all strive for. Yeah, A bunch of non-sports fan Christians who know me as a Christian publisher were tweeting me or Facebook question, you know, it's made questions of... Because like John Acuff and Don Miller thought it was funny and, and retweeted it last night, and so their followers are, so they're asking me these questions legitimately, like sportsmanship mm-hmm. and like sure. how as a Christian do you justify what you did? Like, what would Jesus do? And I told them I was like I literally was everything I was yelling was to make my section laugh. Mm-hmm. It was just like we we're just having fun. Yeah, it's a big. I know that there are real people 
and and sports is just a game and I don't live and die by it. I just was having a blast and and just wanting to get a reaction. And that's it. You know what I mean? It's like I don't I don't I don't think they take it personally. They know it's part of it. You know? Yeah. They have to know it's part of it. They signed up for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And if if you were gonna make a big stink and leave your city that you've played with, it for was eight years hey, if and, he left, that's leave the way he left. Right. Nobody expected right. LeBron was, to go back right. to Cleveland after that first game and get yeah. cheered and like of yeah. course. It's the it was, way you leave. It's the way he did it. It was he put us through a lot. Yeah. And so it, last night was just tension release. <laughs> you know, it is a legitimate question of like, as Christians, like you know, what what's okay? Yeah, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I think I think if you I think if it starts like affecting you, like like if you really are angry, right? You, you need to watch yourself. Or if you're like yelling out derogatory terms at somebody, oh, yeah, or yeah. if it's something like that, I think that's oh, yeah. a little bit different. I would. Never, that's a lot different. I was cracking jokes all right. night. I would never. I would never say something. You're not talking vulgar. about his family, or no. you're not. It's not like that. No, no, no. no. So no. yeah, that's totally different. I've, I've, I'm friends with Carl Lenz, pastor of Hillsong, New York, and he's a big NBA guy. And so after the CBS sports thing happened, I. I texted him a picture of of it, a link to the CBS Sports thing, but no, just that, nothing else. <laughs> and he wrote back, like a like a pastor type thing. He's like, it's really funny, you know. He's like, haha, but that has to be you yelling, I don't like you, but I love you as a fellow Christian. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, yes, Pastor Carl. That's exactly what I said. I don't like you, but I love you as a fellow Christian. I'll pray for you. But for for Carl, like these are real people. Like he he ministers to them. He's he's really close with like Tyson Chandler and now Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. and a bunch of these guys. And he was with Dwight's family this week and got to know Dwight's kids and his dad and like all of a sudden like for him like they're real people yeah, and I'm yeah. like no for me they're yeah. caricatures let me have <laughs> right. this if they're let on the court it's like they are another thing yep. and I'm in my seat and I get to yell things <laughs> and, uh, that's what I paid for but it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> right. like if I met Carl if I met Dwight with you I wouldn't like yell at him right you know like, well, yeah, well we don't, I don't, we don't know. know we'll never know exception. that for sure what exception. <laughs> thank goodness <One> Okay, well, you know, before we jump into slice, uh, before we you know move on, uh, th- we've had a couple weeks where uh, a lot of our staff was gone on missions yeah. trips and yeah. things, and so we had a small crew, and and so we thought, hey, with fewer people, it'd be cheaper mm-hmm. to celebrate our ten year anniversary. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we we want to start doing little things with each issue coming out, you know, just kind of celebrate, take yeah, the staff a big out, deal. have fun, sure. yeah. And uh, and so you know, we thought, hey, while well, those people are gone. Let's do, fun. let's do something fun. <laughs> so last last week we uh, took the crew. There's only ten of us. We're, so. we're awesome. We took yeah. the crew to uh, to celebrate the new issue coming out, and not that it won a ten year celebration. Right. It was just a was March a, issue was, celebration. Was our, we're gonna do it regularly. So we uh, Maya found a Groupon uh-huh. for a trampoline arena. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here in town, and that's exactly what it sounds. That's exactly like. what it sounds like. <laughs> the floor and walls are trampoline. And uh, there's basketball hoops and dodgeballs and and uh, and so we all went down there and uh, Tyler, you got pretty, you got didn't you get injured? I got injured really bad. <laughs> you did. It was a serious your injury. Butt. You hurt your butt. I hurt my I hurt my butt. <laughs> trying trying <laughs> to dunk, the word. trying like, to dunk trying a to fifteen dunk. foot. More like why, your tailbone, right? Why, like my tailbone. Yeah, yeah. But for 
I mean, in layman's terms, right, right, we're, right. we're not all doctors he here. Right, right. So imagine that happened, and then you're walking around, and you see Cameron on the side just yelling, like, at looking me? at you and yelling, <laughs> yeah, like clutching like, my back. Like your back is soft, just like your emotions. I would probably think that person is not a Christian. <laughs> 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 I, I was trying. To, it, hey, it was a, it was a sports arena. Yeah, no, I, it's I, fair I, game. I, I, it's just, I'm just telling you, you what I would think. You had a basketball in yeah. your hand. I'm yeah. just telling you what I would think. I'm not saying that that's I, the right I, thing to think. I Instagrammed a picture of you trying to dunk. Now mm-hmm. this hoop was 15 feet in the air. It was not normal. But we had trampolines. But the, none of us were successful in it dunking. Could, if it yeah. was 13, even if it was 14. Yeah, we could have. Well, the guy who worked there, who was uh, was, was who was pretty young, six five, and he was seventeen tall years and old, great shape. and completely athletic. Yeah, and he He's, threw it down like through his he legs. Did he, and we watched him, and then and then we we thought, well, oh, if easy. he can do it, yeah. sure, he made it look easy. Like we're grown men, of course we can do it. Really right? easy. And now, why no. I thought, no, I'm I'm we all famously bad at basketball. <laughs> it it was a known. I was I used to be introduced in college. My roommate would introduce me as his friend who wasn't good at basketball <laughs> just to erase any doubts that somebody might harbor about me being good at basketball. Yeah. So why I thought I could slam dunk a ball. Because <laughs> you're on a trampoline, you. right? Yeah, trampoline. You can do anything with a trampoline. And I felt like, I, felt like I, was, I figured out the trampoline pretty quickly. I was, I was, I was getting ups mm. as uh, <laughs> that these are, these, are, terms. these are terms you guys don't necessarily need to remember. Uh, that means height. <laughs> I was getting ups. So I, so I went to try to dunk the basketball and I, and I thought I had, I did have the height. What I don't have is the eye-hand coordination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't have the, the height. the ability. You did not. Yeah, you want to see the script photo? The, you are struggling. And you're like halfway. You're like halfway up. You are seven feet from the rim. Listening audience, I, I have the height. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the wall trampolines are at a slight angle. Right. And then, you know, obviously the floor trampolines. And so right at the crux of that, you know, there's a bar with a pad on top of it. I went... Jump up, miss, fell in a seated position right on that bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it hurt a little bit. It hurt. Pop yeah, coming up, down twelve feet. Pop up. I'm a man. I'm gonna go about my business. <laughs> I'm a man. Remember that, Tyler. <laughs> the next person to go was our very own intern podcast member, Tyler Huckabee. Did the exact same move. It falls down in a seated position right on that bar. Writhing and oh, oh it was well. We can't uh, all be men. Now here's, <laughs> I told Tyler, there's you know we probably hit from the same height, the same force, and the yeah, same we position. Probably, we probably the did. difference for the first time in my life. My excess padding came in, <laughs> came in to, to a favorable benefit. So a, I had two pads: the actual pad on the trampoline and my own personal I'm body a, padding. I'm a scrawny chicken bones, <laughs> waif of a you human being. You have protruding being. spinal cords, and uh, my my tailbone sticks a full six inches <laughs> out of my body, and, and it Your hurt. parents say it's not a tail. And it hurt, it's yeah, not a and tail. I, and, I, and I and I didn't think so, but my my tail was, and I had to go. Then I had to go sit because I had a flight out that evening and so i went and sat on my bruised tailbone for a two-hour flight and by the time i got up i was walking like cameron st- yelling at dwight howard it, it was a- <laughs> punched oh, over yeah. <laughs> clutching your back we were all sore it was yeah. a really fun day though. it, it was, was a really it fun was a day. day that made us all realize we are older than we think we are yeah, we're not That's we're true. not young anymore no, very, very old the the thing we're i thought it would tier. be like <laughs> With, for Cohen's birthdays, we get big bounce houses and stuff like that, and it's it's tiring, but it's a lot of fun. And you know, so I kind of thought trampoline arena would be a similar amount of effort. Mm-hmm. 
It's not. No. no. The <laughs> second you step on that trampoline, I mean, your whole body. I mean, it is core. It is It is not a bounce house. And then we played about 12 rounds of dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was fun. That I mean, it fun. was fun for Tyler and I because our team was victorious. Over um, and over. over and many, over. many just times. Just ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he just got tired of winning. It was just impossible to lose. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. You guys won like two out of the twelve games. No. (laughs) Yeah, two of the championship games. We had championship games. We won the right one. In our minds, we did. (laughs) Apparently, we did. All right, good times. All right, stay tuned. Up next, relevant recommends. Twenty Thousand Days and Counting presents breathtakingly simple strategies and concepts that enable readers to be 100% present and intentional with every passing minute of every day for the rest of their lives. Through a combination of captivating storytelling and step-by-step instructions, the author reveals a simple plan that will allow you to master your life starting right now. For more info, check out therobertd.com. You're listening to Air Traffic Controller. They're far more melodic than I would have thought. <laughs> it's a high-stress job. They gotta make music. Guess you gotta sing. Guess you gotta sing. Takes the pain away. Uh, the song is "You Know Me." At the beginning of the podcast, it was Jonathan Boulay. Song is "You're an Animal." Boulay, kind of like Robert Goulet <laughs> from the album "We Need the Beat, Found the Sound, See the Need to Start the Heart." Heck yeah! Sounds like Robert Robert Goulet. <laughs> we need to bounce back. We keep the beat found. <laughs> the sound see the need. All right, relevant recommends. Uh, movies coming out on Friday, March twenty second, which would be one week after my birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. In case uh, you had forgotten. When is your birthday? Today, March fifteenth. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the Croods. Uh, it's the animated one with uh, voiced by Nicolas Cage, Ryan Reynolds, Emma Stone. Nicolas Cage. Love Nicolas Cage. Cage. Yeah. He does a voiceover? I, I love him. Of course. Mm. He does it all, Maya. Does he? I think it's a voice actor. You can't tame, oh, sorry. You, you can't break a wild horse. <laughs> <laughs> also coming out, Admission with Tina Fey and Paul Rudd, oh, yeah. which will either be great or yeah. terrible. I can't tell. I can't, I can't tell. tell. I could go either way. I can't tell. Like it's it's The, the commercials make it look terrible. But the the endorsing quotes of like hilarious this that yeah. whatever if you look at the source it's like L magazine it's getting good reviews it's like G- yeah it's like early buzz is really good well then that's good and they we just, love, ha- they and just we, need to fire their marketing it's just, company it's just marketed really poorly yeah. and Tina Fey right always right. a fan yeah uh, and last but. Yeah, least. Olympus Has Fallen. Gerard <laughs> oh, Butler. Yeah. I want to see this movie. movie I'm not kidding. It's the movie about the White House getting taken over yeah, by a terrorist by or terrorists. something, yeah. right? Yeah, President Aaron Eckhart plays the president. Okay. Oh, it's gotten right. phenomenal reviews right. on Rotten Tomatoes. Has it's it really? It's 92%. No. Oh, I'm not I kidding. Can't. Okay, never mind. It looks okay. really good. All right. Take we'll see. Just we'll, kidding. We'll watch again. Yeah. Four stars. We'll see. <laughs> there's the there's my review. <laughs> okay, for music, uh coming out on Tuesday, March nineteenth, Low is coming out with the Invisible Way. Josh Rouse with the Happiness Waltz. Phosphorescent with Muchacho. It's mm-hmm. a good album. Folgen with uh the false alarm and William Tyler with Impossible Truth. Yeah. But for our recommendations, here's a couple. 
You know, this is this. I can't tell if this is obvious or unexpected on my part, but but I'm going to say I'm really enjoying Justin Timberlake's new album. Right I really, you. really am. It's 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 surprising me. I don't think it's what anybody thought it was going to be, but um, it's a lot it's a lot slower right. than than anything on any of his previous work. It sounds a little less. It, it stretches the word pop a little bit. It sounds a little more R and B, a little more like mm-hmm. kind of a Marvin Gaye yeah. type feel. Mm-hmm. The songs are long. Yeah. They're like I, I don't think any of them is less than six minutes long. I don't think there's going to be as many radio hit singles. I don't think it really lends itself to that. But I think it's a lot more interesting to listen to than anything he's done before. It's it's sans trend. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like it's like I he intentionally didn't want to make a trendy pop album. Yeah, you know, it's he wanted to make a timeless. He wanted he wanted to sort of probably try to redefine the genre. Which if anybody could if anybody could take the idea of what a blockbuster pop hit looks like and change it right now, Justin Timberlake could probably be the one to do that. It feels definitely Frank Ocean influenced, um, sort of that neo R and B soul hmm. sound that's been pretty big and smaller more independent labels but really hasn't broken through to the mainstream so i'm it's cool to see justin timberlake being courageous timbaland is is definitely he's he's a necessary part he's the producer he's a necessary part of everything timberlake's ever done and and i recommend it yeah i do too i'm i'm a huge fan i pre-ordered the vinyl yesterday and if you've seen him on any of the late night like he's doing all week jimmy fallon different song every night all week really all week it's Uh, he did two songs timber week yeah timber week Mm -hmm. i watched both episodes so far yeah and he's a consummate entertainer oh no matter what happens they came out in the monologue last night as a a barbershop quartet (laughs) jimmy fallon (laughs) justin timberlake and three barbershop singers did the barbershop quartet rendition of Bringing Sexy Back. It's so, so good. Mm. Was it good? Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's hilarious. They did great. That's good stuff. Um, one album I'm into right now, it comes out this week as well, is uh, the new one from Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. The yeah. name of the album is uh, Spectre at the Feast. Um, it's got this kind of bluesy garage rock sound. It's a little bit more mature than their last one, which was um, Beat the Devil's Tattoo, which is probably <laughs> one of my favorite album title <laughs> names of all time. Um, but uh, if you if you like that garage rock with uh, some blues uh, influences, definitely check out that new Black Rebel Motorcycle Club album. They've been consistent for a long time they have, now. They, they have. There's not a lot of bad albums out of Black no. Rebel Motorcycle Club. It's been Club. like three years since that last album yeah. came out. And I, I like that 2010, one too. So. I like that one too. Some good music coming out this week. Okay, well that'll do it for Relevant Recommends. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. And somewhere they're dancing the night away madly And the sweat fills their eyes as they're clutching so sadly Are you called to plant a church? Well, prepare to serve with new church planning degrees at Asbury Theological Seminary. For more information on Asbury, go to asburyseminary.edu. You're listening to Airborne Toxic Event. No, it's not when somebody passes gas in a small room. <laughs> <laughs> the song is The Secret. It's time for slices. What do you have? Interim podcast member Tyler Huckabee. Still, still there. Well, I have... Uh, I, hate, I hate to get stuck in a rut here, but I have another fascinating robbery story that I would like to bring to... <laughs> Uh, because last week's was so well, and this one also features some, some daring heroics from ah. the robbed. What ha- it happened in, in New York City, and a a mugger, a, a robber, a bank robber, who 
is not the world's best bank robber because we we can't all be, walked into a bank and up to the teller and gave a note to the bank teller that says, and it, it said, I have a bomb, give me some money now. <laughs> Which is some, sounds like an empty some threat money. <laughs> because nobody has a bomb. And also some money, I suppose she could have just given him a dollar and that <laughs> right. would have been. And Sir, you, you said some money. Yeah. This is, you must leave now. That's what she could have done. But what she did was way better. She just looked in his face and said, I do not read notes and That's handed awesome. him a withdrawal slip. <laughs> what did he do did he take time to fill it out so he wrote on the withdrawal slip no I have a bomb and gave it back to her and she told him (laughs) to go to the ATM and swipe his card (laughs) 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 and so so the bank robber (laughs) clearly frustrated with and who doesn't get frustrated with banks paperwork and all the run around right. <laughs> just grabbed a handful of suckers and left oh <laughs> my gosh and that was the end of it that's incredible apparently he went on to try to rob a few more banks he robbed he robbed at least at least five places making out with a grand total of $120 over the course of a day. <laughs> and 74 suckers. <laughs> that <laughs> bomb never went off? The bomb never went. It uh, sounds like a lot of money until you think this This is his. This was an entire day of work yeah. at financial institutions that have a lot of money. And he ended up with, with less than he would have gotten if he had probably just gone to the slots somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is pretty good. And she and this woman, her name is Melinda Lewis, the the bank teller, and she should be made president because mm-hmm. that was a great <laughs> way. Or CEO of of a of, this was a Chase Bank, CEO of Chase at least, because what a great way to handle a bank robbery. Why do they write it on notes just so nobody else hears I it? I would assume so nobody else hears it. Oh. I don't know, but it, it doesn't it doesn't work. Bank doesn't. robbers. Not if you don't read the notes. It's not, it's not like, <laughs> no, when so, did they rob only a lot so of banks? Much you like can do. 1800s, 1900s? 1920s. That 1920s. Yeah. Like I feel like that was the last bank robbery. Right. Of course, they just walked in and, and just said, this is a hold up. That was a whole but, different thing then, because then they like put on suits. It was like it was going, very it was like they were going to church. They, mm-hmm. they, like, they walked they up whole, the big grand stairs. They, they all a, like, and everybody knew your name. Right. You'd like shoot it into the wall. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't really? kill people. You just wanted their money. And if they ask you who sent you, the name's John Dellinger. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and now it's all on notes, and it's, yeah. you have a hood up or, or something. Taking suckers. You're the you're hood man. It, it's really a lot. <laughs> I it, love that. It's really lost a lot time of time to write it down. Odd. I wonder if he asked her for a pen. <laughs> Do a pen. They always have those pens right there on the little chains. It's well, true. On the chains because people like him would steal, would steal it. it. Yeah, he would, <laughs> then he would have gotten off with suckers and, and a, a pen. pen. But. The bank won. Uh, <laughs> they kept their pin. That's wonderful. <laughs> what do you have, Maya? That's wonderful. Um, I have a story about a proposal that happened recently. Like a like a business proposal? No, no like a marriage proposal. Uh, oh. A proposal of love. Proposal of love. Now most. I think they're called love proposals. I think that's a, a, yeah. That's the technical term. Yeah, a lot of technical terms. I think love proposal. Love proposal. Love, pro- love proposal. That's just, no, that's will not you it. love me? That's how it always goes. <laughs> Check yes or no. <laughs> I don't. I don't read notes. Um, so this happened out in California uh, earlier this year. Um, it's a motorcycle club group basically black rebel motorcycle club i'm pretty sure probably probably and this guy he's a 24 year old guy who rides rides a bike he decided that he was going to stop traffic in southern california 
to propose to his girlfriend in the middle of the highway. So all of him and his buddies were all driving together. They all kind of, st- I mean, there's a picture. Apparently this is on YouTube. It, they stopped. One of them released a big can of smoke that was pink. Apparently R- girls mm-hmm. like pink, you mm-hmm. know, let's have some pink smoke. And he, st- and, they, and he stopped. He got traffic to stop and he got down and he proposed. She said yes. And that was that. I personally, that's not very romantic to me. But Stopping traffic? Stopping traffic. I will stop traffic for you forever. This was in L.A.? With my heart. It's one thing. I, it's, I think it's a whole different thing in L.A. to stop traffic. A little yeah. bit bigger Like deal. That would be a big, that's a very, very romantic gesture. <laughs> but sometimes you get the feeling that these big proposals that, yes, it's romantic, but I'd also be, this is just something the guy has always really wanted to do. And yeah. if not now, then when? Sure. I'd be so mad if I was stuck behind him. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking yeah, of yeah. being the driver, like, yeah. behind these, like, hundred cars. So anyways, they this his crew and him, they were so... Um, proud of themselves that they started they put it on YouTube and they looked like went crazy on social media and they ended up getting um, they ended up arresting him and three other people that they could make out in it for for nuisance and for you uh, know causing all these problems like like he's in jail right. justice mm. was served yeah he said good. and they said they basically bragged good. so much they're able to find them good no citizen should, should feel that he can elevate himself above <laughs> above all the others I good Good for well, it's, good for police. It's a romantic. Such an old man. <laughs> you are such an old man. How's your back? Your back problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, John Foreman. Listen to Shine Honesty. The song is The Emasculated Man and the City That Swallowed Him. Wow. <laughs> Fiction Family is made up of Switchfoot frontman John Foreman and Sean Watkins from Nickel Creek. Their new album, Fiction Family Reunion, sees these two distinctive artists once again offering up their idiosyncratic blend of folk flavor, classic pop arrangements, and expertly etched songcraft. Where 2009's self-titled debut was almost entirely self-created by the two musicians working in their own home studios, the new album finds the duo joined by touring bassist Tyler Chester and drummer Aaron Redfield, both now full-fledged Fiction Family members. Our very own interim podcast member Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to him. Here is John Foreman. I can feel it now. I can feel my heart again. ago or, or maybe not that many years ago where you realized okay like I have to commit to this to being 
I could do a lot of things, but I I want to be a create like a musician. Was there a moment, or was it a an intentional shift on your part away from something else? Um, I I was always in bands, and you know, I think the Led Zeppelin cover band in junior high was the, <laughs> the fatal flaw for me. <laughs> from that point on, I, I just loved music, and it so it was four tracks. Actually, one of my four tracks caught on fire, um, and then I shifted to, you know, uh, the VS880 and computers and and trying to. It, but even even then, it was always the goal was to graduate from college and get a real job, and music would just be the fulfilling element of my life that I did on the side. And at one point, I realized that I might be able to actually pay rent with music and so I dropped out of school and just the road became the education and but even then it was always kind of the fallback was like of course I'm gonna go to college and graduate but that kind of has (laughs) come further and further back in my mind When you first started talking with Sean about Fiction Family, what need did that start scratching that you had that either Switchfoot wasn't or couldn't, or, or what did you find there that was so appealing? Well, for me, it's, it's always been about friendship. Switchfoot started out as friends. My relationship with Sean and the rest of the Nickel Creek guys and ladies, uh, we were just friends, and we, we met them. And I met him again a couple times. We had coffee. And it's kind of a joke that whenever you hang out with other guitar players or musicians, you think, oh, we should write a song together someday. And that's kind of passed around a lot. But nothing ever happened. The funny thing with Sean is we actually did. We actually followed each other up and started writing songs. And it wasn't so much a matter of what I couldn't do with Swiftfoot, but just the potential of what could happen with Sean and I that that I had never been a part of before. And Sean, coming from his background, it was just so eye-opening to hear this canon of American folk music that I had never been a part of or experienced before, and to to see it through his eyes and to hear the backstory of um, all this this music that I had never heard that was kind of right under my nose all along mm-hmm. and so it was out of that friendship that the songs kind of came just almost as a byproduct just really naturally I should have turned and walked away but instead I lingered I put my hands over my face but look 
was there uh, any sort of intentional shift away between this album and the last one in terms of just how it's different or the subject matter that you wrote about? No, actually, the um, with this record and the last one, they were, again, because there's no, no real pressure, there's no real expectations that we're feeling or feeding off of, we could simply just uh, kind of speak off the cuff and any song that felt like it was a fiction family song, we would just kind of throw it on a pile. And the great thing about this record is that Aaron and Tyler really played an integral part. Aaron is one of my favorite drummers, and Tyler is just this incredible... He's, he's, he plays bass in the band, but he's just a great musician. Any instrument he touches, it just sounds great. So um, to have them on board was just... It feels like a different band than the first record. It feels like a band, whereas the first record kind of felt like exactly what it was. Two guys messing around in, in uh, their spare time. God bites down and loves someone. Put your God bites down and love someone. Let it free your soul. I feel like there's been a lot of incarnations of the sort of things that you have written going all the, all the way back really to to legend of chin up to what you're doing now do you look back on any of that and and wish that like oh man that's still out there and people are still listening to that and i'm so different from that person then to who i am now does it do you look back on that and wish you could go back and shuffle some things around is that just a byproduct of being honest as you are on these albums i've never regretted honesty but as you grow older, <laughs> as time marches on, <laughs> your uh, you know hairstyles and fashion and things like that, <laughs> the peripherals change. And so I would equate it with looking back on some of the things that I wore in high school. And um, you can't regret it. You can only laugh and, and kind of move on, you know. I, you know, Legend of Chin was made when you know I was a freshman in college and my brother was still in high school and you know I could either I could either obsess about something that happened a long time ago or or just start making new things you know so I've never I've never regretted anything I've said I guess would be the answer as long as it's honest the God That was John Foreman of Fiction Family. Check him out at fictionfamily.com.
been listening to Nightbeds. The song is Ramona in the album Country Sleep. Kay Warren uh, is the co-founder of uh, Saddleback Church with her husband, Rick. Uh, she's an international speaker, best-selling author, and Bible teacher. And for the last 10 years, she's been a tireless advocate for those living with HIV and AIDS and uh, the orphaned and vulnerable children left behind. They've done a lot of work around the world. They speak at global conferences. Uh, the work Kay is doing for AIDS and orphans is stunning. She's heading up the HIV and AIDS initiative at Saddleback Church, and it inspires and equips churches around the world to care for those affected and infected by HIV and AIDS, both locally and globally. It has some really cool videos, and you can find out more at uh, kwarren.com slash HIV. Our very own Stephanie Smith recently spoke to her. Here is Kay Warren. First of all, could you just explain, for those who aren't familiar with it, the main thrust of the HIV AIDS initiative? I mean, there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of uh, this horrible disease, but where do you focus your efforts? Well, we have focused our efforts since 2003, Um, so about nine years we've been working on um, both a local and a global outreach to people who are HIV positive, so infected and affected. Um, And our emphasis has just been to provide uh, care, support, a spiritual base, a spiritual home for people, um, to provide practical care, to... um, bring them into the church um, so that they are welcomed and a part of his family, both on the local and global level. You know, early on, we figured out when we were looking for a model, it's really interesting because I couldn't find a model of a church that was had both a glo- global and a local outreach. There were people that ministered to um, folks in their own community but didn't do anything globally, and some who had reached out globally but weren't um, had no connections or ministry to people locally. So we were looking for a model um, to uh, build ours on, and Franklin Graham at the time, he was one of the people that I knew was involved through Samaritan's Purse, and I asked him, you know, tell me, who's doing this locally and globally so that you know, we can get some tips and some hints because we're just brand new with this. And he thought for a minute and he pointed at me and spoke in this, you know, voice that he has. And he said, you be the model. Wow. And, um, <laughs> you know, I kind of got chills. It was like one of those goosebump moments. Yeah. And it was, it was this, okay, God will be the model. I mean, we may not be you know, we're not going to be a perfect model, but we'll be a model of a ministry that ministers to people locally and globally. And so that's what we've done from the very beginning. You've been open in the past about your personal history with cancer. Some people might wonder why you didn't start um, doing activism in that realm. So how did you come to care so deeply about AIDS? Well, I didn't expect to, that's for sure. It, it wasn't like I did it from a, um, I, I was, I'm late to the fight. You know, I, I've spent a lot of years being judgmental. If I thought about people with HIV at all, I was judgmental. But unfortunately, I didn't think about them much at all. So I'd say my overall 
response through the first few decades of the AIDS crisis was apathy and ignorance and and then grew to include judgment. And I, I picked up a, an article, I mean, I read an article in, um, in a news magazine one day and had a story about AIDS in Africa. And, you know, it was just unexpected. I, I just picked it up to glean the knowledge. I had no interest or inkling that I would ever become an advocate for people who were positive. But when I read this article, um, I was I was just stunned at the vast amount of people who were infected by the orphans that were left behind, the vast amount of orphans left behind. And so the numbers stunned me, but what absolutely knocked me to the ground emotionally and spiritually was realizing that I didn't know anybody who was infected or affected, and I didn't know the name of a single orphan child. So I, I stumbled into it. I didn't, I didn't come into it from the place of, this is the right thing to do. I came into it from the place of being shocked of my own hard heart. It was soon after, it was about a year and a half after that I was diagnosed with cancer and uh, with breast cancer. And then a year and a half after that, I was diagnosed with, with melanoma. But neither of those carry stigma. You know, I mean, it carries pain, it carries, I mean, obviously people die from cancer, it carries um, suffering, uncertainty, all those things, which HIV does as well, but there is no stigma. I didn't have to worry that when I was diagnosed with cancer that my neighbors would not want to live next to me. I didn't have to worry that the people sitting next to me at church would move away because they were afraid to touch me. I didn't have to worry that my kids would be ostracized at school. I didn't have to worry that my husband would beat me and throw me out of our house. I didn't have to worry that I'd lose my job. You know, it's just none of those things were true of, of having cancer or melanoma, but they are true when you receive an HIV diagnosis. That just struck me as this is where Jesus would be. This is what Jesus wants me to be about, is lifting my voice, using my influence, using my gifts to speak up for people who are not only suffering physically, but are being ostracized, being rejected by their society, by their church, by the community, by their neighbors, by their family. That's not right. How would you say a person who wants to care for the global issue can do that from where they are now at their local church if they want to start getting people involved in... Mobilize? Yes. Well, I know it sounds really trite, but really start by praying. I, I just do mean that. God cares about people who are positive way more than any of us ever will. And if we start by praying and saying, God, so where is it that you want, you know, our church to get involved? Where do you want us to start? Um, I do think that that's the first place. And then I would connect, if this is a, at a church level and you want to do something globally, I would connect with a local church somewhere else in the world. I, because I so believe in the church, I would bypass the NGOs and go right to local churches and then give a hand up rather than a hand out. 
I mean, there's a place for money, there's a place for financial resources, but bring people resources first and don't go do it for them. It drives me crazy when we take student teams and go do vacation Bible school in churches when they've got tons of students in their own church who could lead a vacation Bible school with just a little training. We, we just have this idea. It makes us feel good. We, we pat ourselves on the back and think we've done something great. We went and held a baby in an orphanage. Let's work toward ending the orphan crisis rather than making ourselves feel good. So there's, I really think there's a mind shift that churches need and Christians need to go about. It's thinking through a different set of lenses. At the end of the day, who's the hero of the story? And if the hero of the story is me, then I failed. If the hero of the story is an NGO that's going to be there for a while and then leave, there's a failure factor there. If at the end of the day, the local church is the hero, we've hit it right. We've done it well, because that local church is going to be there long after you or I are gone, long after an NGO goes someplace else, long after a grant has dried up. Let them direct. Let them tell us what what they need. I'm passionate that we have we have bypassed the church and the church is God's solution. Church and the family. Church and the family. Those are the two things every person on this planet needs. Church and family. That was Kay Warren. To find out more about the HIV and AIDS initiative, check out kwarren.com slash HIV. Between you and I place in the sky Makes this all just a matter of time We knew you'd have to leave But it all on the line Tastes bitter and tastes sweet Too late to change our minds Whatever comes of you Whatever comes of me Whatever it will be Whatever it will be Whatever it will be you're listening to Fierce Bad Rabbit, the song is a matter of time, from the album The Maestro and the Elephant. Is that Frightened Rabbit's evil twin brothers? <laughs> Fierce Bad Rabbit has, yeah, always bullied and picked on his brother Rabbit, and now they are always Frightened Rabbits. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you, oh my, it was kind of a hybrid. The question on the page, it's like a Tangent. really, really good Size paragraph. Yeah. It's kind of a, we took a couple of different tangents and combined them to a, a question of the league. I'm not going to try and repaint the picture for you. You just got to go back and listen to it. But we asked you if a mugger try to interrupt your magic bullet themed party, how would you conquer the mugger? And what would your catchphrase be? Kind of like the Dunkin' Donuts lady who conquered the mugger and had a had a catchphrase as she did as she threw the coffee in his face. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought, what would your catchphrase be if you were mugged at your magic bullet themed party? Mm. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Here's a few of our favorites. Um, I actually really like Stephanie's. She did it on our on our website. Uh, she said, obviously, I wouldn't have to fight off the mugger because the teenage mutant ninja angels, who are a permanent party pre- ah, party guest, would come to my rescue using the magic bullet as nunchucks. I would then look at the camera, lower my Warby Parker sunglasses, and say, "Nobody's bulletproof." 
Oh, that's she, nice. she that's really, good. yeah. She, she. That's integration. Good. That's nice. Ooh, that's a lot of. That's a lot of threads to pull together. That's yeah. off. Well played. That's that. really good. Some good product placement. Really good. Natural. <laughs> yeah. It's the future of advertising. That's right good. There. Ara, this is this is a little more, a little more of a tangent. But our friend Zenya who has really been dazzling us with his Photoshop skills lately. Every week, <laughs> he's, he's got he's, something new. He's really on the ball, and he has a really great picture of of, of Cameron's picture from CBS. Wait, what? <laughs> throwing a magic bullet at Dwight Howard. Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> well, he he said it was low-hanging fruit, he but he just it, couldn't help it. Yeah, oh. what, he, what he says is, I have to admit, this is low-hanging fruit, but I just couldn't resist. This is a perfect scenario, a nemesis, a bullet, a catchphrase, the only thing that could have ruined the, that incredible moment is the fact that D12 dared to drop 39 on Orlando, which is... <laughs> but we gave him 39 free throws. That's awesome. You still did. That's great. It's amazing. <laughs> Always look forward to Xenia's Photoshop. Yeah. Well, Lydia uh, commented on our episode page. She said, I would not overcome the mugger. I would just be stunned in fear and amazement that it was happening and just watch. As they poli- Which is really sad. As they politely leave because... Uh, Seinfeld got arrested for that. Yeah. They did not help during a month. That's right. So, Lydia, if, if you're not in jail, uh, this is how the rest of the scene would play out. As they politely leave because they are confused by my lack of reaction, and while I'm awkwardly watching them walk toward the door, I yell at them, This is bull This is bullet! And throw my bullet at them. This is bullet. This but is for bullet. some reason, they don't hear me because they were in a tragic uh, wax vac accident. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Again, well played, bringing in another podcast together. reference. I appreciate yeah. this. Yeah. Zynga also uh, altered the famous uh, Banksy photo of of the uh, the wall art where the guy is uh, throwing what you would think would be a rock or a grenade, but Banksy made it like a bouquet of flowers. Mm-hmm. And, it, and he changed it to uh, the guy's throwing a magic mm. bullet. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> We'll post these on the I episode page. I enjoy him. That's He's great. Funny. Well, those Russians, they're, 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 they're known for they're their n- awesome senses of humor. They are. <laughs> it's always cold, so there's not a whole lot to do besides sit around on Photoshop. It's, it's how and... they've kept their people alive for the last 2,000 years is their sense of humor. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, pictures Photoshop you. <laughs> In Soviet Russia... Magic bullet throws you. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what, Zynga? That didn't make sense, Zynga. I like this one from Samantha uh, that was also on the website page. Uh, the mugger sneaks in unseen and unheard as the crowd watches the loud, majestic chopping of veggies. I turn to see the mugger, my sister. Ooh. Tears streak down. There's a lot of interesting some twist. Screenwriter. Some, some Shakespearean <laughs> <laughs> family drama here. Tears streak her face as she is clutching her old blender. I can't drink things directly from my blender, she proclaims. She throws her blender into the crowd, grabs the magic bullet, and runs. Little do people know, it was I that put her up to the bullet heist. My sister always said that she'd take a bullet for me. Oh. Wow. There's a, there's a, there's was, a movie well in there. Read, there there's Tyler. a full... Yeah, yeah, you're kind of like Nicolas Cage, like a voice actor. (laughs) That is the nicest thing anybody has ever said to me. (laughs) She thought this was a short story contest or something. Yeah. Well, if it was, she'd win. Yeah. Right. Congrats. And so many at the Russia. All right, before we uh, move on to this week's question of the week, it's time for our our new segment. Where we apologize and clarify mistakes that we made 
on last week's show. Now I have one. Somebody corrected me in my and re- relevant recommends. I, I I recommended an album that I I have been playing nonstop, and I said it was Tori Moy. That is that is a mispronunciation. Mm. The last word is M O I, pronounced moi. Oh. It's Toro wow. et moi, and oh. I've been saying it wrong it, this whole time. I've been saying it phonetically. It's mm-hmm. Toro et moi. Sort of a, a continental listener yeah. to point that one out. It's already in Russia. <laughs> it's pronounced <laughs> moi. <laughs> um, do it, and, and, and apparently, uh, um, Zenya. Zenya is actually Russian. He, yeah. yeah, he corrected it because we assumed he was an American living in Russia. Because he was funny and talented. <laughs> Did you see that one? He put Jesse's face on a Father, Father O'Carey. O'Carey. Father O'Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Zenya. He has a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> he does. And, we, and he's we 100% like, Russian. And we do, so, and so we do want to get it. We do want to get his his character down. And he's 100% Russian. He's a Lakers fan. Which, no. which wasn't anything we didn't suggest otherwise, but that's something that he should apologize for. So I agree. It, it fits into the segment. Okay, it's time for this week's <laughs> editorial question of the week. Okay, well, you know, it's spring. We know this because it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is when we usher in the happiest time of the year. Um, I don't know this whole beware the Ides of March. I don't know about that. It's always beware it's Cameron's birthday. Be, beware Cameron pre- won't start up about it. Be grateful. Birthday. It's the Ides of March. That's right. That's right. In Soviet Russia, <laughs> be grateful for the Ides of March. Okay, so love is in the air. Spring is sprung. And people are thinking about popping the question. Now, there's a lot of June weddings, so there's a lot of people who have already popped said question. Mm, good point. But I think a lot of people will be popping. <laughs> Pop right. a lock in. Of the, of the question there soon. And anyway, it got us thinking. Uh, you know, this, the story that Maya brought about the, uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, uh, you know, having the big, <laughs> this, it was, traffic. it was the Black Motorcycle yeah, Road, yeah. <laughs> Black Rebel Motorcycle sure. Club. Uh, <laughs> releasing their new album by stopping traffic and proposing and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it got us thinking about the most kind of outlandish, uh, proposals that we've heard of. And so we wanted to ask you, what are some of the craziest engagement proposal stories that you've heard of? Yeah. Uh, we don't want you to make one up. We want to know the ones that either you saw or you heard of or your friends did or you did. Uh, the stuff that was kind of over the top, um, if, whether it be funny or memorable. I knew someone who got engaged. Um, her fiance took her to the beach and like over this cliff. And when she looked down, the words, will you marry me, were like on fire in the sand. <laughs> Wow. Sounds like a hazard. Yeah. Sounds very unsafe. Apparently, that's... The village was burned to the ground, but they had a beautiful <laughs> she wedding. Said, she, said she said yes. And, she said yes. And they had a cleared spot for the <laughs> wedding. So <laughs> all worked out. I had a, a friend who, I, and I met him after he was married because she did say yes to this, but his idea, she was having a, <laughs> she, she was, she was at having a party with her family outside and they all knew it was coming. And he rode in on a, on a horse to proclaim nope. his love. He rode in on a, on a was it ironic? Yeah. On a horse? No, he he. This it it's serious. not. It's a very earnest oh, family. That's great. And he rode in on a on a white horse with a with a poem about the flame of love. So it was it was just one. He of those. He wanted to give her his flame of love. It was just one of those types. Of, <laughs> so you can imagine the sort of person we're talking about. Big Braveheart fan, whatever. And oh <laughs> no! Was the music right as he's, wearing a kilt? And right as he's talking about it, the horse died. <gasps> no! While he what? was sitting on it. Shut up! No. <laughs> Did happen? <laughs> it's got to be a bad omen. It's not a. It's. It, it, I don't mean to make light of a, of a beautiful wow. horse's death. 
but she still said yes. <laughs> she still said yes. Didn't ruin the moment for so, her. And they've never bought an animal. They just had a heart attack. It or just something? yeah, it just keeled over <laughs> with him on she, it. And he was still on it. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness! How did he even finish? <laughs> when did he finish? This is the key question here. Horse collapses. You get off. Do you continue your speech? Well, they obviously it was his horse, so there was a no. so it was a very sad. Oh, man. So it was like a sad moment. So he had to tend to the horse. Yeah, the so horse when, was. So like my a, question is, when did he resume the proposal after the horse's dead body was carried away or left, or did he just say, "Okay, fine, the horse is gone. Let's regroup here. I need to finish what I if, started." If I remember right, and this I heard this in call. If I remember right, they took they tended to the horse. And then she brought it up later uh, as like, a, by the way, yes, sort of thing. And so he, and so he was like, oh yeah, well, cool. You oh know, no, How as the old saying goes, at the horse hospital, sent in the waiting room. As, as yeah. the saying goes, when God closes a horse, he opens a new wife. <laughs> With the flame of love, you should write a book, Tyler. Yeah, With your saying, when God closes a horse, in Soviet Russia. <laughs> when God. It's not a it's not a often used saying, but every now and then it becomes really relevant. <laughs> so write in at the podcast episode page mm. at relevantmagazine.com your craziest proposal stories you've heard or seen. Uh, hit us up on Facebook as well, or you could tweet us at relevant podcast. But I don't know how you could tell us a story in 140 characters. Link to your blog. <laughs> a link to your blog. <laughs> there you go. Yes, blog about this. Many thanks to John Foreman for talking to us. Uh, check out the new Fiction Family album wherever music sold and follow them on Twitter at Fiction Family. Many thanks to Kay Warren for talking to us. You can find out more about what she's doing at kwarren.com. Congrats to Jesse Carey and his wife Dana on little Lil, Lil. Noah, Kyle, Carey. Uh, Jesse will be back on the podcast next week. We're looking forward to it. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. That's Tom Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Tonight. And as long as I got my suit and tie, I'ma leave it all on the floor tonight. And you got fixed up to the nines. Let me show you a good thing. All pressed up in black and white. And you're dressed in that dress I like. Love is swinging in the air tonight. Let me show you a good thing. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. His back is tender like his emotions.